is BYOT. Bring your own tacos. Dick swinging. Swinging. You're listening to American Slacker Podcast. We can say fuck. We can say fuck. With Matthew Gertz and Jesse Landers. I don't care if it's spoken. This is cool. That's a decent amount of sausage. This man sure. needs a doctor. Yeah. I just hope they're tasty. What's up with these clowns, man? Cut the lights and went through people's pockets. Don't you point that at each other. Let them smoke a little. You need to like step it up to that point. <laughs> we're not gonna. We're not gonna lead with. The we're not gonna lead. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to American Slacker Podcast. As always, I'm Matt. And I am Jesse, and today we are joined by one of our uh, returning guests, David Melendez. He was on episode 48, talking about uh, some of the films that he's been working on, and he's back. Thank you for joining us, David. Hey, guys. Thanks a lot for having me back on. Yeah, of course, man. Anytime, man. Now, uh, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, anyone who hasn't heard uh, on the last episode? Sure. I'm an independent filmmaker here in... uh in Florida, uh, in the, um, on the East coast. And, uh, I've been making, uh, independent films, um, for about 10 years now. It's fantastic. And some of those films include, uh, Misty Blue Lane, which we talked about last time. And then, uh, today you're actually back. You, you'd hit us up about a new film that you've been working on. Yeah. I wanted to hit you guys back up because I had a great time last time talking about Misty Blue Lane, um, which is, we're still actually in post-production for that. Um, but we got some some good news a few weeks ago about it being um, picked up for distribution. And during that whole time, uh, I wanted to get back, you know, just kind of keep the uh, keep my feet wet. So uh, we started working on a series of film shorts uh, to make an anthology for another feature that's actually based on true crime. And uh, we, we finished mm. the uh, the first one, which is titled Cleveland. And that's why I reached out to you guys. I was like, let me uh, see if these guys want to talk about uh, this new film shirt that we made. And that's cool. I didn't even realize that this was part of an anthology, too. I love anthologies. Mm. ABCs of Death is probably one of my favorite ones. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely works really good with horror. Um, I had uh, the the main reason why I wanted to do an anthology is more for um, for practicality um, and for cost. because you know we can we can wrap a short in two weekends, and we're done. Um, obviously, without post production, but uh, we can take our time with it, and then when we're wrapped with that, we can move on to the next one, as opposed to a feature film, um, which is, you know, it's a tighter schedule, a longer schedule as well. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just it's just a different process with this, and also too, what's nice about this is that once we're done with the short. We could actually, you know, shop it around and, and take it around to film festivals and um, and celebrate it as opposed to waiting for a feature to finish like we have been with Misty Boulain. I mean, mm. it's like I said, it's still in post-production and still with going back and forth with the distributor on what changes to make and whatnot. Um, but with the film short, it's like it's done and and we're just kind of uh, psyching it out there right now to uh, to film festivals. Yeah, and it's also going to entice people to be looking out for the the rest of this anthology that you're creating. Yeah, that that was the idea. Is there a common theme with the whole anthology, or is it um, is it going to be all over true crime? It's just it's basically on 
crime stories that I particularly have interest in. Um, okay. I mean, for the longest time, as far as what I can remember, I, I am infatuated with watching a lot of documentaries on true crime. And I think I think they do well, especially in like in, in publication. Um, I mean, there's a whole true crime section in the library and at the bookstores or on Amazon. Um, I think even podcasts, that's like one mm, of the biggest yeah. uh, genres yeah, of podcasts. Too. Yeah, I think a lot of people are just infatuated with, you know, I mean, it's 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 an it's unfortunate events, obviously. So it's nothing to celebrate about. But I think that a lot of people like myself are interested in the whys, um, you know, why do people do it um, and kind of just trying to do research on these crazy events that that happen um, in our society. And it's based on American true crime, by the way. So I wanted to keep it here in the U.S. as well. Yeah, I noticed, is American Tragedy the, the dub name? Is that going to be the finalized name for the anthology, or is that just a working title? No, that's that's going to be the, that, that that's the title we're going with, American okay. Tragedy. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's perfect. Title. Yeah, yeah. Um, what made you start with Cleveland? What was the idea that like you were like, this is the one I want to start with, out of all of your ideas for this anthology? Um, well, I have a um, uh, a very good friend of mine who, I, who I've done writing with. His name is Robert Manrique, and he wrote this screenplay with me. Um, it was actually his idea when he brought it up. We actually were going back and forth with, um, you know, some big crimes that have happened in the U.S. Um, and it didn't matter during what time. Um, and so we had a list of, you know, 10 to 20 cases. Um, and I, w- I was trying to go for more something that's not as popular i guess you know what i mean like like mm. i mean for an example like you know the 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 whole case with ted bundy let's just say i mean everybody knows who ted bundy was tell yeah. the jury they're wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're actually make there's a movie coming out with zach efron who's going to be ted bundy um uh, coming out i think sometime next I year think that's a good um, choice for, and, for bundy i'm interested to see it <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only reason why I'm bringing it up is because, like, you know, people like Ted Bundy, Charles Manson, all those big crimes. Um, it's been done so much, so we've been mm. we were trying to find stuff that a lot of people don't know about, or they would have to actually look up. Um, so that's what we decided to go with Cleveland about um, about a school. Mm. It's technically America's first school shooting, um, well, arguably America's first school shooting. Um, so I thought mm. it was interesting. And when he had brought it up to me, um, he asked me if I knew about it. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I remember about it. Um, I mean, it was, I, I was a little kid. I mean, I was like one years old when it happened, but um, mm-hmm. it was just yeah, interesting this, that this was him and I 70s, knew about right? this story. 79. Yeah, it took place in, in 79. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and it's the first youth shooter, which is really, you know, like, coming into today's day, it's it's a common theme, and it's very odd to see that pattern develop, and how this one went, you know, the, the infamous saying that she gave when it was over, um, she did it because she hated Mondays. It, it was just such a bizarre thing, and Who I believe it, this right? is even, yeah, before, so serial killer methodology, too. So it must have been just such a mindfuck for these cops that were in the room with the lady, like, the real, the real case. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I had never heard um, about this um, before before uh, the mention yeah. of the film. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember hearing about it. Yeah, I mean that's that, that was like, like I said, that was one of the reasons why it. it I don't know. It 
it just attached to me, attached to us, and then we we ended up writing like eight or nine drafts of a screenplay, and and we we did a lot of research on it. Um, and there just there there isn't a whole lot out there like there is like I mentioned with other cases. Mm. Um, so that so that was difficult as well. So it was just a lot of reading on. Um, believe it or not, it was in the um, in her parole hearings. Uh, there was a lot more information in that parole hearing reports uh, that we're able to gather um, to put this story together. And um, one one thing, like you had mentioned earlier, like with with the patterns that that's going on today with these shootings, you know, back in '79, there was no protocol of how to handle something like this. Mm. So it was definitely a mind fuck, like you had mentioned, and the fact that she was 16 and she was a female. Um, yeah. So it was just something that was just so unheard of that they really didn't know, you know, how to handle it. Like now, these days, you know, somebody mentions the word gun around a school. It's just the whole place is on lockdown. So it was just, yeah. it was quite interesting um, how the, you know, how, how this whole thing progressed. And it's definitely different than the modern day events where you see, you know, people going into the school. It, it Like the Cleveland incident seems like it without giving too much away it it seems different in a sense than all the modern stuff that you're seeing it seems like a pretext almost to some of the events of today yeah um she well first of all like the the school that she had shot at she did not attend the school it was an elementary school when she was 16 um she just decided one day to to pick up a rifle and and fire the gun across the street at the school uh, because yeah. she didn't like Mondays, and during the time uh, when we did the research back in '79 and all that happened, there was a it was a famous like punk. Uh, I, I guess it's a punk band. There was a, a band out of Europe that made a song called "I Don't Like Mondays," and it it, yeah. it got on the top forty. It was like number one over in Europe, and it, and it made the top one hundred here in the U.S. It was very the controversial Boomtown at the rats, time, right? The Boomtown Rats, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to it earlier. It's a very different song, um, it, it, but it's perfect for the time period, too. And it's just, it's weird to know, like, I guess, eerie listening to it, knowing that it's based, you know, on shooting like that. Yeah. The, the, so is, is, is the song was based off the event versus she wasn't inspired by it? No, no, no. She inspired no, it was, the song. She, she inspired the yeah. song. Exactly. Huh. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the lead band member... Uh, same thing like after you know after reading news articles about it um i guess that became the fascination is like the why and the only real reason was because she didn't she hated mondays so he just Mm. wrote a song about it um and it inspired him write that song and then you get office space like 20 years later it's like someone's got a case of the mondays (laughs) exactly (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's uh, it's definitely a gripping story it's it's totally different than a lot of the stuff that you see in terms of uh, the active shooter, spree shooter type stuff of today. I mean, but it also, in a, in a way, rings back. It, it reminded me of the um, the incident in Texas in the 50s with the uh, spree shooter who went up in Dallas, the tower. Because yeah. exactly. that was also another sort of unprecedented first, how do we yeah. deal with this kind of thing? Yeah, it took a long time for response to handle that, too. So, you know, it's just, whoa. Again. And he had military training yeah. and stuff, too. But it sort of, it, it had... When I was watching your film, it it sort of her character gave me a glimpse towards like that kind mm. of person in, in a way that, you know, they're disturbed in some way. They might not realize it, but and everyone else around them doesn't even know how to process it. 
and and yeah. just the how that impacts society in a way. It's a very tangled web. Yeah. It's a complex story too when you look into like the history of the actual girl. I mean, she she grew up in a pretty shitty environment. I mean, I guess like they had like one bed in the house and shared that bed and there was like fucking alcohol bottles like empty all over the house and a uh, victim of a, like a critical injury too, which is another thing that's just like yeah. over you know recent history pr- been proven that you know people with fucking traumatic injuries to the brain was it head yeah, injury yeah can really fucking uh, end up with like serious issues or become a fucking famous comedian you know like fucking Roseanne Barr or fucking Sam Kinison <laughs> both got fucking whacked yeah. in the dome and completely changed personality wise <laughs> I didn't know yeah. that wow. Yeah, there's there, there is a lot, um, especially like I said earlier about her parole hearings. There was a lot that came out, um, you know, s- you know, s- some of it. A lot of people have taken it with a grain of salt because it's mm. it's taking so long, or, or or is it an excuse that she's making? Um, yeah. She still never really um, admitted responsibility for the incident. Um, Which is I scary. mean, she's been through I think like four four parole hearings now and i mean when when we wrote the screenplay i was i was very adamant about not not portraying any of that stuff in the movie so there's yeah. no i mean if you notice in the movie there's like one empty alcohol bottle on the floor i mean there's also um you know in in one of her parole hearings she had said that um, she was abused by her father sexually abused by her father she was bullied at school all this stuff um and then there's there were kids that said that she was actually the bully. So you don't know who to believe. So we just wanted to make sure that none of that was portrayed in the movie, that you just watched this thing Mm. and it was an incident that happened. And then I, I, I wanted to make sure that the audience leaves what their interpretation is. I just didn't want to make the movie one sided into like, Oh, it was because she was bullied. Oh, it was because her father abused her. Um, and we don't know if that's true or not. I mean, that's that's yeah. his his word against hers. Um, was it because alcohol? Um, there was also something interesting that she said that she says she was high on drugs when she when she did it, and they actually tested her that day for drugs, and there was nothing in her system. Um, but then she created this whole thing huh. saying that there was a conspiracy against her when she was a kid. Um, that they just did that because that they lied about it because they wanted to put her away. Um, so I just I wanted to get all that cloudiness out yeah. and just write this screenplay and make this movie just on what happened um, and not really give an opinion. Um, you know, I mean, especially these days, man. I mean, these days, you know, the country's so divided. There's there's so mm. much arguments mm-hmm. going on on gun control. You know, in this particular case, um, back in '79, I mean, what's what's the difference? Um, you know, back then. You know, one of the big things the media uh, uh, tagged this girl with was that she was a uh, a heavy metal uh, listener. I mean, she was really into Alice Cooper. So, yeah, you know, common theme back then. Back then, yeah, exactly. So they always have something like every decade is always something new. Like, what does she do? And today (laughs) it's video games or it's movies. So back then Mm -hmm. it was, you know, rock and roll. So what is it? You know what I mean? So it's just a factor of that. Let's just keep all that mess out of it and let's just mm-hmm. portray this movie for what it is and just or portray this story for what it is and just have people watch it. Hey, it happened. You can look it up and then you could make your own decision instead of myself portraying my my opinion 
into yeah. why I think that had happened. So I, I was yeah, very particular yeah. with it. And, and, and we went back and forth. I mean, there was versions of the, uh, of the script. There were different drafts where in her dialogue when she was being interrogated, she talks about being abused by her father. But we just we took all that out. Um, and we just wanted to make it, you know, just as clean as possible just to make it like, hey, like I said, at the end, what do you think? And it just gets people talking. And, and what is the difference between this and the stuff that's happening today and all the stuff that's yeah. happening today? Like, is it because we have access to media so quickly that we just get that information so fast and we're so quick to be judgmental? Or so quick to like get that information that back then, you know, what is really the difference here, you know? Yeah. yeah and I think leaving that part open to as far as like if you want to look at it as just like a viewer, like uh, leaving that storyline open, you know, to, to interpretation like that is very important because I there's nothing I, I, I dislike more than like a storyline that's painted out way too clear. You know, I want that like interaction of where I'm like thinking like, Ooh, what happened there? You know, what what happens after or before? Like, you know, like I just because yeah, I'm sure Matt that we we even just between the two of us watching it, we probably took away different oh, yeah. things from, from oh hell yeah the way that it was. I'm written. sure, yeah, yeah. Until like I looked into the character, I had a completely different opinion. You know, and then I had a different opinion, and then talking to you, I have a different opinion. It's like it, it's ever evolving, so it's like you know, putting it in stone is hard. You know, let alone putting it in a the, film and very. And that that's a testament to how how well you guys had written mm-hmm. this movie because it it definitely uh, it, it played off of different themes without going straight at it like blunt to the point. Yeah, provocative. Like sure, there was um, but not too provocative. There was the one point where she said that you know a reporter called her or or whatever it oh, was, yeah. and that was sort of like a lit. I I saw that as a little aside and touch to the media and saying like oh the fame that some of these shooters get and stuff like yeah. that. But it exactly. wasn't the main driving point. Yeah, exactly. So and it, and it, it's and, really cool. Thanks, man. And 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 especially like you like you bring up the media, like, you know, again, I just I, I didn't want to sway any opinion um coming from me. Uh which I think that was the most difficult part in doing. Um I'm not I would never criticize another filmmaker in in swaying their opinion. I mean, it happens all the time, even movies that I enjoy. I mean, we've seen big, famous movies um, like I'll, I'll give you an example. Like there was a, a famous movie with um, uh, with Sean Penn and Susan Sarandon called uh, Dead Man Walking, for example. Um, yeah, that, I watch that in social studies. <laughs> there you go. Like that entire movie. It's like it was interesting because you get to the actually did a good job in portraying both sides of the story. You got a you have a nun who has um, empathy for this murderer. But then the entire time you're watching it, like, did he really do it? I mean, he kept saying that he didn't and whatever. And then it wasn't till I mean, hey, it's, it's an old movie, so I'm gonna give you a spoiler. <laughs> so sorry for everybody who hasn't seen it. But, you know, they actually show a scene of him actually committing the crime. Um, but again, it, 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 it kind of sways an opinion in like, OK, well, you know, should we kill people who kill? Uh, so, so it became a whole death penalty um, uh, kind of political type of argument there. Um, I, I thought it was done very well. I, I didn't have any problems with it, but I was, again, I was trying to stay away from that and just kind of leaving it open-ended for everybody to kind of talk about it. There was another movie called mm. The Death of, of David Gale, I think, with um, uh, what's it, with Kevin Spacey. Uh, that one was very one-sided about somebody going to the, I think it was the electric chair or getting the... Um, the needle to, for the death penalty for murder. And, you know, the entire movie was just like, 
hey, we're putting somebody away who didn't do it, but did he? And it becomes kind of this very political type of statement Mm. for two hours. You're sitting there and if you agree with it, you probably could enjoy it more. But then if you don't, it's like, again, I I, I didn't want to do something like that. And again, I'm I'm not criticizing it. It was just I just wanted to kind of do something different um, as again, as as opposed to like, hey, this is my opinion. Listen to me. Listen to me. Uh, Just kind of wanted to leave it like as an event, like you're a fly in the wall. This is what happened. Check it out. And, and and how does it relate to all the all the crazy shit that's happening today? And it seems to be happening mm-hmm. more. And how how the media can easily you know make people make their own you know they're making oh, people yeah, not make their own decision because they're giving them their opinion on the media now. So it's just and even back then, like I said, since this story is you know it takes place in seventy nine. You know, even back then, the media was giving their opinions. It's like, you know, hey, like, you know, some of the headlines was, you know, this um, this gothic metal enjoyer girl, you know, does a school shooting. It's just like, again, they're just they're giving their opinion on like, this is why she did it. And like all the kids who are into that stuff, what are they going to become school shooters? You know what I mean? Do do sexually abuse kids become school oh, yeah. shooters it's like the whole they satanic don't. panic of the 80s mm-hmm. and all that exactly yeah so we wanted to keep like again i keep saying that i just that was very important to me i wanted to keep it very neutral as possible and and two two things about that um i think that with with nonfiction, you're you're almost you almost have to take that stance that that you're you're taking with this film where it or or if you do you're gonna get a better product overall because you're dealing with facts you're dealing with bop 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 this happened this happened this happened right and all of that like you said could be interpreted in some way but if you leave it up to the audience it, it's gonna work out so much better and i also wanted to mention i i got like from the um the main uh the main girl i I got very natural born killer kind of vibes <laughs> in, in like the way that she uh, talked mm-hmm. in the dialogue and stuff, even the dress, which was, yeah, yeah, very true. Um, it, it was, it was very sort of t- Tarantino esque in, in an, in an odd, odd way. Like, uh, I, I don't, I, I don't think I'm putting the right words to it, but I, I got a very natural born killers vibe, which is a very, Going to be a very big compliment because it's one of my favorite movies, yeah, actually. Yeah, oh, good. Well, well, maybe that's because maybe because it just didn't seem like she had any empathy or any sympathy. Maybe, maybe mm, that's the bra. Maybe the bra that's deal. why. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and sort of that that reality TV sort of feeling to real life in a way where it's like this is a person playing a character, but it's not because it's like it's that person is a character in themselves and like all the idiosyncrasies of that person. Mm, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, the uh, just and in the way that like the the cop is playing such a straight sort of like we need to get the facts and she's like kind of cracking jokes. Yeah. Oh, can you believe this happened while it was going yeah. on? Like, oh, how'd you do it? I did it with a gun. Yeah, it's like that's not what we're asking. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it like those sort of little interactions. I was like, damn, like it's a performance. This tour. girl's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a performance tour yeah. in her own head. Yeah, but again, yeah, that's they, a, they you know that's they, your, your perspective. You know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, really, um, you know, the, the the cops, again, they, they had no protocol for this. Mm. So it, it was just a shock in. It was easy, but, you know, 
they were prepared to like, we got to be careful here. I mean, I mean, technically they're talking to her with no parent or no cop or no attorney. I mean, no cop, no, no parent or no attorney. Um, Mm -hmm. So technically like all that stuff is inadmissible, but um, it's just a matter of, he he wanted to know why she did it. And he wanted to make sure that, Hey, I'm, I'm walking on eggshells here. And she just kind of, spilled she did spill the beans you know what i mean and and and, mm. and said everything um even though it, it is based on a true story i mean we still had to dramatize it for a movie so yeah. you know there, there's right. a lot there, there's a lot of stuff in there i mean that's not you know that we had to dramatize you know in order to make it more you know quote unquote entertaining you know what i mean mm. so um mm-hmm. not everything you see is is exactly how it happened either so a lot of it was based on dialogue based on some books that we read and uh, like i said most of it came from a lot of um dialogue that was in these parole hearings that were in the 90s um that that i thought was really interesting um and it just seemed like every parole hearing there was new stuff coming up so that's why i said earlier you have to kind of take it with a, a grain of salt like why did it take you 10 years to now it's this excuse this time. Mm. Um, so we, we, we just had to take all that information. I mean, we're talking like hundreds and hundreds of pages of documents and kind of make this, you know, slim down interview of how she did this thing, you know? Yeah. yeah she's definitely a very interesting character, you know, both the, the real life Brenda Spencer and in the character you've created in, in Cleveland, you know, it's just, Man, a story that we both had no idea about, and now I'm just so intrigued by. Because, I mean, it really is the first, like, school shooting that you can, like, hold accountable to record, really, with multiple casualties mm-hmm. like this and, and many injuries. And children, and, man. And children, yeah. too. Yeah. That's, yeah, the that's always the, just... the big, like, heartstring pull. Yeah, <sighs> and they're, el- they're elementary school kids. I mean, it's yeah. just, why, why does a 16-year-old, like, what triggers their mind to think of that? You know, um, and even in one of her parole hearings, like I said, um, she um, she apologized for that. She apologized that if for some reason what she had done had created this epidemic or this new tactic or this new idea of terrorizing now, you know, innocent children, she apologized for that. But she never apologized for taking or she never took that responsibility for actually doing it. Um, which I found interesting. Um, so that's why it's it's arguably like the like America's first school shooting. Um, I mean, it was definitely like, I mean, it, it got a lot of press at the time. But, you know, now everybody thinks it's a school shooting, first school shooting is Columbine. I mean, Columbine really did change, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. how things are handled and, and just that whole fear now of now of, you know, people feeling that they're not safe in school anymore either, you know. Well, and and with Columbine, it was it was also pivotal in the sense that the media covered it like live. It was like yep. the OJ chase, you yep. know. They didn't they didn't have the the helicopters flying, getting the surveillance like during the seventies in this case yep. in the Cleveland. Yeah. Um. So so that definitely changes the public's perception of it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And like I said, that's why we. Um, we wanted to do this story because it was, you know, it's 20 years before it happened in Columbine. And I would say probably nine out of 10 people have never even heard of this. And yeah, they would man. immediately go look it up. And again, strike up the conversation is what is the difference now 
between now and then. Um, yeah. And then, you know, there's always this argument with like, well, it didn't happen as much then. And it's like, well, are you sure about that? Is it because we just don't have the access like we do now? I mean, there's a school yeah. shooting that happens and immediately you could turn on right on your phone. You get a notification and you can go live of a broadcast yeah. that's going on. Um, and so we hear it more. Like, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. So what's the difference? Is it because we're we're hearing more about it now or is it really a change in our um you know, in our society Perception. and it's just, you know, it's just, I, I just find it interesting uh, in general. And it's, then, like I said, yeah. the goal was to get people to think about it and to talk about it. Uh, definitely not to argue about it, but it's almost like to take a step back and, and, you know, try to figure this stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of factors to it, man. And I think, I think it's a little bit of everything, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, with the, you can't help but wonder, you know, people do want to get, you know, the, the, the glory of being the killer sometimes if they are ill or whatever and still i mean is it happening more because i mean now like after this i looked into like a lot of you know school shootings over the years and i mean it seems like it's happened a lot mainly you know back you know early on it was a single casualty two casualty you know nothing crazy it was like like per like personal, personal problem yeah type things it, it looks like it's fun but then again records were shit man i mean who knows yeah. you know what's lost in time you know, it wasn't nationwide, or, or what was, or what was chalked up under a different uh, yeah. name in terms of the exactly, circumstances. Yeah. It could have been something similar, but because of whatever it was, it was classified differently. Yeah, now like, and as soon as it happens, it's picked up media. Boom, boom, pass, passes through the nation like nothing. Well, you you wake up now with with notifications mm-hmm. on your phone. Over That's the, the start of your yeah. day. Is like who who's been no shot. newspaper, yeah, <laughs> no town yeah. gossip, you know, none of that crazy. Which shit. gets yeah, into just, your just, psyche. For sure, it, 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 it pops up right on your phone. I mean, and what's well, another thing that I, that I found interesting uh, for us was that, like, we had you know we we were working on this uh, you know uh, writing and pre production um, last year um, in 2017 around this time actually like around oh, uh, yeah. the late summer September and we were going to get ready to go into production and the, the Vegas shooting happened. Yeah. And again, I was so, I was so my biggest fear with this was that I didn't want to sensationalize the crime and I didn't Mm. want to make these killers cool looking or like, Hey, they're going to make a movie about me. So I was very cautious about that. So it's like, let's take a break. And then of course, you know, you know, you know, when we all got together and we're talking about it, it's like, well, you know, it's kind of inevitable because unfortunately it's just it's going to keep happening. So if you stop now, mm. when when are you going to do it? And then so let's just take a little break. And then um, and then the following February, I mean, we were actually working. We actually shot this in April of this year, March and April. Oh, wow. And in February. Okay. Right. In February of this year, there was the big school shooting in Parkland, Florida. Mm. Which is, yeah. yep. you know, here it was only about four hours away from where I live. And so, again, it was just like, oh, my goodness, you know. And, and another thing, too, like I didn't want to be caught up in like, oh, OK, well, now now there's now you're making a movie about school shootings and about shooters. Like, well, you know, we've been working on this for a while. We actually took the break, but it is almost kind of inevitable um, so it was very sad, you know, in February we had that big shooting and it's just like, oh my goodness, it's like, should I do something like this? And then at the same time, 
I was glad that I decided to do like I, I for sure, even before these these recent shootings happens, I wanted to make sure that there was no recreation of any shootings. Um, that's why that was never even written or even thought about to actually go yeah. out and recreate a shooting. Um, because I just personally felt like like, I don't know. I have no inspiration in that. Like, there's no, yeah. there's no need for it. I mean, you got the internet for that. It's just, um, uh, I don't know. I, gore I just think it's a little yeah, tasteless sometimes. Yeah. There's, there's movies yeah, like yeah, Rampage I mean, if you for go that. S- I was gonna say, if you want to go see D Day, like, yeah, yeah no, <laughs> it's totally. I thought that was very tasteful of you to eliminate any of that brutality, of, especially when you're dealing with kids. I mean, how the hell do you pull that off without coming off as like a glorified horror film? You know, like, yeah. it's yeah, yeah. You definitely painted a picture that's open to interpretation, and and you and it 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 shows that you did a good job with that because I didn't even think about that part. Yeah. Yeah, uh, like until you said something just now, I didn't think like, oh, I, I was like, oh, yeah, he didn't he didn't show like actual, you know, shooting or uh, like they're, mm. they're like you you see what's happening, but you don't see that graphic violence, essentially. Yeah, it's a character piece. Yeah, it's yeah. literally analyzation of a character. That's mm. exactly that's exactly what it is. And that's what I found interesting. Like, um, you know, th- this this kid who shot up the school in Parkland, uh, they had recently released. Um, his uh, interrogation video. It was 10 hours. The majority of it is just him sitting there by himself. And it was a good about 45 minutes, I would say, of an officer interrogating him. I watched the whole thing. I thought it was interesting. You know what I mean? Here you have a kid, um, you know, I don't want to express any opinion. I mean, I think the kid should go to hell for what he did. Um, Mm. But it was still interesting to me watching this person who shot 17 kids it's so relentless and it's so heartless and it's so crazy that i'm watching him expose emotion and being scared and all that don't get me wrong did not feel sorry for him at all but i just found the whole event of that interrogation interesting and how the police officer comes in trying to be non-biased and trying to get information from him um, so they can put a case together and with no attorney in the room. Um, and then the kid's brother comes in and has a like an emotional conversation with him. So I just, which basically it's like the whole world is against you, right? Because they know what you did. And it was just still interesting seeing that interaction of what happened. So that's kind of what I kind of went for. I mean, we did Cleveland before that came out. Um, but in Cleveland, we wanted to kind of expose that, you know, you watch this character. How do they how do they sit? How do they talk? How do they compose themselves? Stuff like that. Um, how do you handle it? You know what I mean? Do you go in there like like if you're the cop in charge of the investigation, do you go in there and, you know, pull a Vic Mackey from the shield and grab a telephone book and start slamming people's Yo, faces? I was literally when you were talking about holding it together, I was thinking of Vic Mackey because there's that one episode <laughs> where he has to go talk to the child molester. Yeah. And like all he wants to do is beat the fucking living shit out of that dude. <laughs> yeah. And he has to keep calm. And then as soon as he leaves the interrogation room and gets the confession, he destroys a door. He just (laughs) literally destroys it with his hands. And I was thinking, like, that's the same fucking thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. And that's and that show, too, is, again, like uh, there's a lot of inspiration, you know, like from all these crimes that happen, like uh, especially a show like The Shield. Like, man, there was like what? 
75% of that show was a ton of interrogations. And it's just interesting to me. Uh-huh. There's a show on, on Netflix called Mindhunter, which I thought was fantastic. Love. Um, and, so it's ba- and it's based on real... I, I believe you suggested that. Yeah, yeah it's, and it's, it's based, based on real based killers. On real, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's basically on how the FBI created this... At the time, they thought it was this waste Profile. of money and this wackiness of like, why do you want to understand or try to create these profiles on these people that are doing these hyenas crimes. And it's like, well, we have to try to figure it out. And they thought that these guys mm-hmm. were just nuts. And now it's become a whole thing, right? I mean, Ted Bundy's become mm-hmm. like the the poster child for a serial killer and just getting that understanding of how do you how are you going to catch a predator? Um, you know, creating these tactics and showing agencies of how to catch these people in the act. Cause you know, unfortunately, you know, you running around with a badge and a gun, you know, doing a whole, mm. you know, Dick Tracy thing is just not, it, it doesn't work. So I, I just find well, that, all that fascinating too. You got to wait for someone to get murdered before the police <laughs> yeah. show up and start investigating. Unfortunately. Right. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. it's crazy. You know what I mean? And then like, and then once you start discovering a pattern and then do you tell the public, is the public going to freak out or, or what's the deal? So I haven't, you know, going back to the school shootings or just all these shootings in general, especially school shootings because they're done by kids, is I have not seen or heard of anybody or anything trying to understand why does it happen? Like, what is yeah. what, what is that profile? Everything is all, again, we're just so inundated with opinions and so inundated with with the media. It's like, why hasn't there been anything project? Even if it's a, maybe they're out there, I just haven't seen it, but, you know, why well, there, has anybody ever sat down? There's a lot of editorializing down? and assumptions. Yeah. Okay. And misinformation being put mm-hmm. out there, which is a lot harder to correct uh, once it's out there, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. Like the the whole Columbine idea of them being uh, nerds that were picked on, bullshit. Right. They they were the ones picking on people. Yeah. Like they had their own clique. And now there's this whole idea of like, oh, don't pick on a kid because they'll come in with a gun. It's like, no, it's the kid that's fucking bullying people that's gonna come in with the gun, like. Uh, yeah. And and that misinformation's out there now because ever like every news station during Columbine was like, oh yeah, they they were picked on and they were nerds and they were outcasts. It's like mm. they're outcasts because no one fucking liked them because they were assholes. <laughs> like, right, nah. right. I know. And, and and then you get so clouded with all this all this information. Right, we're just so inundated with it. We don't know what to believe or the stuff that you do believe that all of a sudden people are kind of swaying in that direction and then really nothing gets mm-hmm. solved from it. And then the the, yeah. the only thing you always hear is like, oh, it's it's got to do with gun control or it's got to do with mo- there's too much violence in movies. There's too much violence <laughs> in music or or no whatever the case or video games or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just don't think it's that simple, it's, but it's rarely ever acted on. Yeah. too. Exactly. Yeah. I just don't think it's that that simple of an explanation and and i just wish that there was a like this whole i don't know maybe there should be some type of program where they try to figure it out i mean i mean look i'm 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 human too i mean the second i hear something like this happening it's like you know what fry them or throw them in jail for the rest of their life we know Mm -hmm. don't you know what i mean just don't make them feel comfortable all that stuff but then there's the other side of me as to like why do I watch all these shows? Why do I watch these documentaries? Why do I watch, you know, you can go on YouTube and watch an interview with, uh, with Richard Ramirez, who was the night stalker in California. 
in the yeah, in the eighties. I was gonna say, even on Netflix, you can watch uh, Interview with a Serial Killer, Arthur Shawcross. That's a serial killer. Yeah, you uh, watch really that. It's just like why. Yeah, like it's interesting, right? And some people are just like, why are you even wasting your time? And it's just, well, maybe we can learn something from it so that in the future mm-hmm. we could identify it and, and help prevent it. Because right now it's just when it's out of, when it's humanity out of control. Looks in, when humanity is looking for a monster, all they have to do is look look into the darkness and find the mirror. Because <laughs> that's literally what it is. Yeah. It's like people people are the monsters, you know? It, and it's it's not because they're other. That's the easy thing to do. Is be like, oh, they were crazy. Like that's not me. Like easy enough, said and done. Fucking right. wipe my hands. I think it this, just comes from the old it's instinct. So much more complicated. That's how we used to be, like the witch hunt deal. You know, like I think yeah. we need to study these people honestly. And I think you're onto that. Like it's just, I think these people need to be studied. We need to, you know, start a profile for this deeper than it is at this point. Because I mean, something's obviously happening through general population across the world. It, and I mean, in in the uh, case with. Uh, with your film Cleveland that it's based off of this, this was uh, an interesting case because she was so young mm. and she, and it was uh, a female, which is very rare mm. in, in these yeah. type, types of things. Yeah. But something that seems clear about that, at least if I were, yeah, I know in your film, you didn't pick too much from the actual incident, but uh, in terms of like trying to come up with a reason why, but I, I almost think that it has to do with something in childhood because mm-hmm. of how young she is. You know, that's that's all you got, really. If you're 16, sure. the only time you could have gotten fucked up was like when you were a kid. And well, that seems to be consistent across a lot of um, at least serial killers. That's like one of the there's that trifecta of like child abuse and and like emotional neglect and all that kind of stuff that leads to you not being a and, fully yeah. formed human being who has empathy. And again, it, like uh, you know, this is coming from li- very little research, but it did say that you know while she was in custody during tests, she had like they proved she had like damage to her like left temporal lobe of her brain. Okay. So which is a common theme, like injuries make people reckless, like indifferent. You know, so there's a lot of factors and. I mean, even CTE, yeah. we're starting to see that yeah. now with football players and That's stuff. That's why I'm just that, curious, you know, know, if we can mass study these people and start to really write out everything like, okay, it's proven this one has an injury at this age or this one was molested as a child, like mm-hmm. violently. And like we can put these patterns together where it's like we know what to look for, you know, like – in some way of developing help for these people, you know, there's got to be. Yeah, that's the, the main thing. Yeah, to stop it before it yeah. happens and helping. Because, I mean, we should be about rehabilitation and the whole, you know, not to get too political, but it's like it's not about that really with anything to do with jailing these days. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you got like thousands and thousands and thousands of kids that go mm-hmm. to a school and then you have not nearly the amount of people that that can evaluate them. You know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. just a lot of kids are going through a system and it's just like you're supposed to just pass your grades and or pass your classes, get your grades and graduate. And then there's not I mean, there, there's stuff out there. I just don't think it's enough. Um, yeah. Where definitely. where we can sit back and identify this thing. Well, again, I just as far as what it is, I don't know. I just don't think it's just as simple as like, you know, 
it's somebody getting bullied or it's video games yeah. or, you know, or even if the bully, because, you know, there's been bullies around since, you know, the beginning, since we've been on this planet. I mean, people oh, yeah. bullied mm-hmm. each other all the time. Genghis Khan, one of the biggest bullies. We, yeah. I mean, it's, I'm willing to say yeah, humans exactly. were on the earth talking for a day before the first burn happened. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, so, so what is it? You know what I mean? And, and I think that if there is a, if there's rational, intelligent conversations about it and and ideas of how it can it can help i think that's you know part of again like part of why i didn't want to i didn't want to make this thing one-sided like look this is the event this is Mm -hmm. what happened it happened during this Mm -hmm. time what is the difference between back then and now and you know let's you know go ahead and talk about it and think about it you know what i mean yeah definitely it's it it was a it's a fantastic Mm. um uh, like choice in terms of how to approach this yeah. very complicated subject. Yeah. And real quick before, I know we're getting ready to wrap this up, but I, I just wanted to ask, is there any hint you can give us to the next piece in this saga? Yeah. I was wondering that myself too. Yeah. Well, right now we're on the fence. Um, I, I, I don't want to give away yet on who the, um, like you okay. know, what, what the case is about, but there one does take place. Okay. Well, they actually both take place. Um, in the early eighties. Um, and they got to do with, um, you know, one, one is a serial killer. Um, and then the other one was to get attention to, to win somebody's love. Um, Uh, uh, we're, we're, the screenplays are done. Um, uh, again, we're, we're still in the, in the planning phases as far as like, uh, again, I just, I'm so adamant about not making this stuff, be cool if that makes sense mm-hmm. you know what i mean like to try to make these people right. look cool um yeah one, one of the stories um was written by uh, a, a good friend of mine um i i didn't write it um but he did and when he presented it to me i thought it was great because the what he has suggested was and and this is what we're going to go with is make one that's from the perspective of the victim and not you know not you know, not watching them get killed and all that, but just the perspective of them of life before they got before they went through that horrific event. And I, and I, I thought that was different because it's not about the actual killer. Um, so mm. that's that's huh. one of them. I I know it's a little vague, guys, but I'm just I'm, I'm trying to keep it on the wraps and because oh, uh, cool. I'm it's, still not I'm not sure I'm not sure excited. which one I'm going to make <laughs> yet. Yeah, and then some of the yeah. other ones. There's like. Uh, there's actually quite a bit of Black Widow uh, female killers. Uh, you know, one of them is about that that we're working on, um, and then one is about a um, a soldier with PTSD, uh, which is ironic because this okay. it was actually a shooting that actually happened out in California uh, with somebody with that. But it has nothing to do with that. But that's that's kind was of was that like, on the 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 military base, the one you're thinking of? No, no, not not at all. Okay. No, no. And is there a sequential thing going on here? Because he said the '80s. Are you trying to go move up in time? No, not at all. I just kind of pick oh, okay. stuff. Yeah, I just so, kind of pick stuff that I think one that's okay. that's practical to shoot and that doesn't that's not going to cost a lot of money. Um, yeah. And again, something that would be interesting where people would look it up and say, "Hey, I didn't I didn't know about this." Nice, awesome, awesome, man. Always with so, the provocative. I like it. <laughs> definitely. So uh, your your film will be premiering on December eighth at T Buff, the uh, Tampa Bay Underground Film Festival. 
Yeah, and, it's that, and yeah. can people just go there and like and buy tickets to actually watch it on the screen? Yeah, it's in it's in Tampa, Florida. Um, so it's it's gonna have its world premiere there, which means it's it's hmm. never been played anywhere online or any other theater. Um, so it's and nice. it's um, it's the film festival's fifth event. Um, they're they're a gr- great people out there. They really embrace um, local indie film, um, and yeah, anybody can go. Um, and, and and buy a ticket. Um, usually, when they're shorts, they they play like, like Cleveland is playing in a block with eight other films. Um, you can buy a ticket cool. just for that block, or you can buy a ticket to watch movies for the whole day, or you can buy a ticket to watch movies um, for the four day event because it runs um, Thursday through Sunday. I think the sixth through the ninth, um, and like I said, ours premieres on the eighth. And we just been telling everybody and anybody to come out and, and watch these movies, and especially watch ours. So. Awesome. That's awesome. awesome. And I hope I hope people do. We'll uh, we'll do the push, get all the Florida slackers out there. We Actually do. we do have One a Florida of, slacker. Have now. A, yeah, very faithful slacker in Florida now. So he he could awesome. and this is up his alley. Tell so he, God knows he might already be planning to go to it. Who knows? Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> and uh after it premieres in the festival, if people all around the country want to see it, you uh we were talking a little bit before, hopefully it's gonna go into distribution and, and you know, it'll be accessible to everyone else. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's it's already been pitched to a distributor, which they're they haven't picked it up, but they're interested in it. I mean, they obviously want me to finish all the shorts because um, mm-hmm. features actually sell better than shorts. Um, so yes, so hopefully by either sometime in 2019 or in 2020. I mean, it's it's a pretty aggressive schedule. Um, uh, you know, it, it, it'll be available um, or actually right now, just Cleveland alone is actually it, it has been submitted to quite a bit of different film festivals across the country. So we're just waiting to hear back for notifications and we get our first notification, I guess our second notification sometime in mid-December. And then from December cool. through, I think, next April, uh, we have a list of when we're supposed to get notified if they get accepted to these various film festivals. I know here in, in Tampa alone, there's um, the Gasparilla Film Festival is very popular. Um, the Sunscreen Film Festival is very popular. Sarasota Film Festival is very popular. So it's been submitted there, and we're supposed to get a notification mid, mid-December or sometime in January, I think, to see if it gets accepted or not. Um, so knock on wood that it does. So for right now, the way to see it, it's going to be through film festivals. Then eventually when it gets picked up, you know, however the distributor wants to get it out there, uh, whether it's via streaming or through download, we just have to wait and see. I, I just wanted to get it out cool. there now and just start, you know, getting some uh, some psych for it. So. Oh yeah! Oh, absolutely! Yep, definitely. And uh, with with when uh, you're approved for those film festivals, um, where could people? F- is there a list on your website or anything? Yeah, well, I usually start uh, plugging stuff on our Facebook page, which is um, okay. Facebook forward slash Studio House Pictures. Um, that is where we go. I put it on my personal uh, Facebook page and. Um, we haven't really done anything with the website for festivals, um, which is something that we've talked about. But you can go to um, studiohousepictures.com and you can actually see all the movies that we've been working on and read synopsises and stuff. But I don't know if we're going to create like a film festival link in there or not. We should. But, you know, it's just that's just more legwork and stuff like that. I mean, mar- mm. just dealing with marketing alone is uh, is a full time. It's <laughs> a full time job <laughs> trying oh, to get yeah. it out there. And we also I have a, a we have a very good. 
actually our best following is on Instagram. I think that's actually how you guys found us was through Instagram. Yep. We have oh, like yeah. 4,500 well, followers on there. stills and all, all the red cameras you're using and stuff. And I was like, Ooh, yeah, what are these guys up to? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we posted on our Instagram, like, you know, where it's going to play. Um, but as, as far as like right now through probably through like January and February, it's going to be more of a, um, of a Florida thing. Um, it's and, and it has nothing to do with us. It's just a lot of the other festivals that we submitted outside of Florida. They don't start picking up legs till like next April or next July and or next summer stuff like that. So because cool, they're though. It gives you yeah, sort of like a, a tour later. schedule. What's that? That's it, cool though because it gives you sort of like a tour schedule. Like start in Florida, yeah, well, go over to Colorado or something. Yeah, well, 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 that's if it gets picked up. I mean, they might not. Either I mean it, it just the film festivals reject movies all the time. It's either it doesn't necessarily mean your movies suck. I mean sometimes it does. I mean they just don't like it or they don't like the content or maybe the production value wasn't good. Yeah, you know, wasn't to their you know their standard. Um, but a lot of times too, film festivals they reject movies because of scheduling. Um, mm. You know they only have like three days and then they have all these movies they want your movie but it just doesn't fit in the schedule and then you get rejected. So. Who who knows? Right. We'll just that have to TRC's wait. TRC's got to be perfect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So mm. we just have to wait and see. So yeah. Well, it sounds like if our audience wants to check you out, Facebook, uh, Instagram, those are probably the best places. Studio House Pictures, search that on either of those, and yep, and you'll find what David Melendez is up to. Yep. Yeah, or you oh, can yeah. find me, me, David Melendez on IMDb or Studio House Pictures on IMDb, and um, there's links on there. So you know. I'm searchable or we're searchable on the internet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice. Search him up, people. Search him up. And also, search us up. You can find us on Facebook. And you can also find the American Slackers group. All you got to do is search American Slacker. You'll find both there. Also, search it on Instagram. You'll find our art and promos for each and every show, plus a lot of other things. And the main hub, AmericanSlackerPodcast.com. You can find us also on Twitter and Reddit at A-M-E-R-S-L-K-R Podcast. All of our stuff is going up on YouTube along with some bonus stuff. We're editing video clips from uh, Xbox and whatnot on there. Please also rate and review us on iTunes, five stars or nothing. That's what we like to say. And also tell a friend, make more of those slackers out there, especially in Florida. Oh, yeah. And if you want to send us an email. that way. Oh, yeah? (laughs) And if you want to send us an email, americanslackerpodcast at gmail.com. Also, search it on Spotify. You'll find the show and the playlist with each and every artist we've had on the show and featured their music. You can also sponsor our show by, you know, contributing to our Patreon account. It's a little thank you to us, and we'll give you some thank yous back in, in a way of rewards. And, uh... We we appreciate any support we get on there. Hell yeah. It's uh, patreon.com slash American Slacker Podcast. All right. Dave, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure as always, and we're looking forward to seeing the rest of American Tragedy. Thanks a lot, guys. I really do appreciate you having me on. Ah, no problem. Anytime. Man. We'll do it again soon. And uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We love each and every one of you. And until next time, that's it. There you go.